Who was Mary, the biological mother of Jesus? She was truly a special one-of-a-kind person. She was and is unlike any other woman in history. No other woman has had the privilege that Mary had, and it was because she was, in fact, special. She was beyond being a virtuous woman, and as such, she sets a very good example for us through her life. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we're going to be looking into Mary's song. There are many songs out there, written by many different people, and they all express different kinds of meanings and feelings. But this song in particular tells us about Mary's life, and it outlines for us things that could change the course of her own lives forever. Mary was in fact a special and unique person that had a one-of-a-kind experience with the Lord God Almighty. And the good news is that if we glean from her song what we can and need to do, we can also gain having a real and genuine relationship with God. Today's message is inspired on Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 56. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, Mighty God, blessing and honor and glory and praise and majesty be to you, O Lord God. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Blessed be your name. Hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come, Lord God. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Please forgive my sins, my wrongs. Please remember us, O Lord, in your mercy and in your grace. Please remember, O Lord, that we are nothing without you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks for your word, for your Holy Spirit, for your Son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks, O Lord, Heavenly Father, for the examples that you have left for us in the Scriptures, that we may be able to follow them, to be able to glean from them, Lord God, those things that truly mean to you that which is important. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you may help us to be sensitive to your teaching. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to see you in other people. I give you thanks and I praise you, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's passage can be found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 to 56. This is the word of the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with the good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Who was Mary, the biological mother of Jesus? She was truly a special one-of-a-kind person. She was and is unlike any other woman in history. No other woman has had the privilege that Mary had, and it was because she was, in fact, special. 
She was beyond being a virtuous woman. And as such, she sets a very good example for us through her life. God chose her for the greatest manifestation the world had ever seen, to be the carnal or physical mother for the only begotten Son of God. She played a major role in God's divine purpose to save all of humanity. And so it makes absolute sense to see what she was like and to glean what we can from her life. So what were her main attributes? If we look at this song that we just read, we see faith, humbleness, God-fearing, hungry for God. Faith is clearly evident because she acknowledges God in a personal and possessive manner as her God, her Savior. And she also mentions herself as God's maidservant, as someone dedicated to God's service. And so she not only believed in the Lord, but she also served him. As far as humbleness, she made reference to her lowly state twice when she said that he had regarded the lowly state of his maidservant and when she mentioned that he had exalted the lowly. And regarding the fear of God, she mentioned that she had received his mercy because she declared that his mercy is on those who fear him. And in the same manner of declaration, we can see her hunger for the Lord because she says that he has filled the hungry with good things. She felt like her hunger had been satisfied by God. If we ultimately want God's manifestation in our life, we should follow Mary's example and set in our lives the different attributes that were in her life. Now, this doesn't mean that we worship and or pray to Mary. Mary was truly special, a chosen vessel by the Lord, a woman like no other. But yet she was still a person and that she declared herself in her song, a person that needed a savior. And we see that she did what other chosen people did, which is that she pointed the way to Jesus. She is very purposeful in her directing towards the Lord. For instance, in John chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, we read about the wedding in Cana of Galilee, where it says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. And so very directly, she tells the servants to do whatever he, Jesus, tells them to do. Even though she was his biological mother, she took a backseat, if you will, to Jesus and pointed directly to him and that people should obey him and to do as he says. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, it tells us this also. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. This is why we should not pray to Mary or any other elect or chosen person for that matter. The word of God is very clear in that we only have one mediator, one intercessor, one go-between, if you will, between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And why is that? Because Jesus was the one that died for us. He was the one that took our place on the cross. Mary did not die for us on the cross, nor any of the other apostles or prophets. And of course, we follow him and we pray to him because he was and is the only begotten and divine Son of God. John chapter 14 also tells us this regarding prayer. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, this is Jesus talking, the works that I do he will do also. 
and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. We can only go to the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There is no one else. That's why the Lord himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's why as special as Mary was, we should not pray to her or worship her or see her as an intercessor. But Mary is a good example to follow of the things a person should have so that God can manifest himself through Jesus Christ personally. And if we want to be saved, we need to know God personally. Having God around us in a general manner does us no good. The Bible teaches that we must belong to the Lord and that we must do as he says to be able to be saved. We need to have a new beginning with him, to be born again through Jesus Christ. And so this example that Mary gives us is essential for us to follow. And so let's review the things that we can see in Mary's song, the things that we should have in our life. So first, how does faith grow? Romans chapter 10 verse 17 tells us this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is the only way we know that faith grows, by hearing about him, by learning about what he does and how he does things. We need to expose ourselves to his great works done in the past. Through the Bible, we can learn, for instance, how everything was created by and through him. And throughout history, we can read about how he interacted with those that believed in him. In the scriptures, we can see how his relationship was with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and Daniel, and David, and the prophets, and so on. And of course, in the New Testament, we read about the Lord Jesus Christ and of all the things he did. Faith grows by reading and studying the Bible. Now, how about humbleness? How does humbleness happen in a person's life? The Bible teaches that we are all sinners, and it teaches us about what sin is and what it has done in our lives, and how all of us have given into it voluntarily, out of our own free will. We gain humbleness, if you will, by acknowledging our sin before God. It is necessary to try to look at our lives through the lens of the scriptures, so that we are not judging right and wrong through our opinions, but rather through how God sees things. We can never justify ourselves before a holy and perfect God. Now, why would humbleness be necessary? Because if we want to learn from God, and since sin is inherent in our nature, we need to essentially start over with Him. In practicality, we need to have a new beginning and undo and unlearn all of the wrong things we have done so we can learn from God through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the Scriptures the way to eternal life. Repentance and conversion from sin has an inherent purpose which is the way that we let go of sin and death and begin through Jesus Christ to do those things that perpetuate life and good. We earn death through sin, but we gain eternal life through Jesus Christ by doing the Father's will. And if our hearts and our will is not fully yielded and surrendered to the Lord and to His ways, how can we then effectively learn from Him? There must be unreserved submission before the Master, before the Lord God Almighty. Just think about this. What would have happened if Mary would not have submitted herself to the Lord? What would have happened with the God child if she would have refused to accept what was happening? What if she would have abandoned him? It may sound strange, but it really shouldn't. 
Women throughout history have done terrible things with their children and for different reasons. And of course, we should not forget that in this day and age that killing children, especially unborn ones, are widely accepted and even applauded in most of our modern society. Mary could have done a lot of wrong things with Jesus if she simply would not have wanted to go along with everything. But praise be to God Almighty that she did not rebel against the Lord, but that she allowed God to do everything that needed to happen with her and through her life. Now, how else does humbleness occur in a person's life? By acknowledging God's greatness and our position. When we understand who God is and what he is capable of doing, our position before this great and omnipotent God should become obvious. We use the term humbleness, but all it is is acknowledgement of reality. When we learn to seek God and understand our position, what we are in the grand scheme of things, we're only realizing a certain truth, that he is everything and that we are like nothing before him. King David put it like this in Psalm 8 where it says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Just look at the size and magnitude of everything that the Lord has made and what we are in comparison. We are very, very small and limited creatures. We are like the grass that is there one moment and gone the next. If we are realistic, we truly have absolutely nothing to be proud of. That's why the Bible categorizes pride as foolishness because it is foolishness. It is foolish to think that we are something, especially as compared to everything God has created and of course, to God himself. The other thing we see in Mary's song is that she talks about the fear of God and the fear of God should go hand in hand with humbleness. After understanding who he is and still learning, my common sense and reason cannot help it but to fear this God. He is just too great. He is something that is very hard for our finite and limited minds to grasp. And so, how does the fear of God happen? By seeing who God is and by always taking Him into consideration. We should always be after what He thinks. What is God's opinion about what I am doing? And what should I be doing to please Him? Now, why is that important? It's only common sense. We all want to live eternally, right? No one wants to go to hell. And so, if we want to gain immortality, if we want to live forever, and God is the only one we know that can give us these things, then wouldn't it make sense to just do as He tells us to do? Shouldn't we take Him into consideration so that we can be blessed in every area of our lives? This should only be common sense to us. But I have come to learn that common sense is not very common. Nonetheless, fearing God should be common sense as a result of understanding who He is and His capabilities. This shouldn't be hard for us to understand. We do things like this all of the time. We follow and do what other people say to gain a result we want to have. If you want to get fit and be healthy, you go to, to, to see a physical trainer or a nutritionist or even a doctor. If you want to lose weight, you follow indications provided by someone that you see that makes sense to believe. I was overweight many years ago, for instance, and I decided for health reasons to make a change. And I remember I wanted to do something that could turn into a lifestyle, not a passing fad where you lose a bunch of weight and then gain it all back in weeks like it's common to see many people go through. And I remember I got into this person's exercise and diet program and I tried to do it as faithfully as possible. 
and within the time frame they said, and it did in fact work. I lost a lot of weight and was probably in the best shape of my life. But I followed the plan. I did the workout routines. I ate what they told me to eat. How many other examples of that do we see daily? People go to seminars. People pay thousands upon thousands of dollars to go to college and get degrees so they can learn from other more experienced and or knowledgeable people that can teach them what they want and need to know. Everyone looks to someone that they acknowledge and respect as knowing more than them and follow in their footsteps so they can attain what they have or be how they are. And we do this for temporary things, for things that come and go. And so how about eternity? Who do we have to learn from to gain eternity? Can we gain immortality from another human being? No. Every single one of us will die at some point. But God is the only eternal being of the universe. Jesus Christ is the only one that has conquered death. And so it should only make sense to us that if we want to live forever and be able to overcome death, we should look to the Lord and do as he says. And finally, this leads us to the last point. Mary said in her song about being hungry for the Lord. How does hunger for God happen? It should happen when you realize just how much you owe him. And this all comes through those things that we saw before. We get hungry for God as we grow in faith, as we acknowledge our position before him, and as we learn to fear and respect him. All these things lead us to be hungry for him, to want to make us learn more about him, to want to get closer to him, to try to get to know him as best as possible in a very intimate and personal manner. That is the great thing about the Lord. He doesn't want to remain inaccessible to us. He doesn't want to be unreachable. Actually, quite the contrary. He wants us to draw near to him. He wants to be inside of our hearts. He wants us to have his word written inside our minds through the power and revelation of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want to be distant. He wants to be personal and intimate with us. He is actually always looking for us. The Bible tells us this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. God wants fellowship with us. He wants to have communion with us. He wants to give us eternal life. He wants for us to attain immortality. He loves you and me. He sent his only begotten, sinless and perfect son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be born into this earth through Mary so that he could become the perfect and eternal sacrifice we needed so that we could have eternal life. For it is written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is just how much we matter to God, as insignificant and sinful and as ungrateful as we are. If we see ourselves for exactly what we are and how we are with him, we are not good in any kind of way. He is the one that is good. He is the one that completely goes out of his way to help us, to love us. He does things for us every day, at every moment, things that we have absolutely no idea of. We are oblivious to just how much we depend on him because we are so limited and simple. And so if we glean and follow what Mary teaches us through her song, through the reflection of what her life was, we will gain great and incredible things in our lives through the personal and intimate manifestation of God in us. We would know through and through who God is, what he is capable of, and what he could do in our lives forever.
Throughout the Bible, we have many examples of different people we can read about that did in fact please God and were able to gain a personal and intimate relationship with Him. And Mary is one of the best examples of that. We should follow what Mary did and had in her life so we can experience God as He desires to be experienced because God wants for every single person to know that He is who He is and He wants for that to happen personally within our hearts and minds. God desires to live in every person's heart without exception. He wants everyone to be saved. For it says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so the Lord desires for all to be saved, which means He wants to have a personal and intimate relationship with all those who desire to have it. Mary lived out God's purpose in her life because she chose to love, fear, and serve this God. We may not have the exact experience she had with the Lord, but God does want for all of us to have new life through Jesus Christ. He wants and even says that we need to be born again if we want to see and enter the kingdom of heaven. Just as Jesus himself said it, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The only way a person can come to be born again in Christ is by repenting and converting from all sins, which is this being born again of water, which signifies John the Baptist's baptism. And by being born in the Spirit, which means that we surrender our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We must literally give our lives to the Lord. We must belong to Him. God does not force anyone. We all have free will, and we all need to choose to do this so that it can happen. And this is how an intimate and personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ starts. And this relationship can grow through the things that we saw in Mary's life by increasing our faith, by acknowledging our position before God, by fearing God, and by staying hungry for the Lord. If you haven't taken that step of faith of accepting and receiving Christ, I urge you to do that today. Don't leave for tomorrow what should and could happen today. If you have taken that step of surrendering your life to the Lord, I challenge you to continue growing your faith, to continue seeking the Lord so that you can see God's manifestation become stronger and greater in your life as time progresses, so you can live out God's eternal purpose for you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy God, thank you, O Lord, for your love and for your mercy. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because you truly care for us and because you want to know us intimately, Lord God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you desire to have a relationship with us. Thank you, O Lord, Heavenly Father, for Mary's example. Help us to be able to glean from her life what we need to take on in our own so that we can have our own genuine relationship with you. Help us, O oh Lord, that 
our faith may increase, that we may fear you and respect you above all things, that Heavenly Father, that we may take you into consideration in everything that we aim to do. Help us, O oh Lord, to be hungry for you. I pray for every person that is listening right now. I pray for those that have yet to make that decision, that they make that decision right now, that they may repent and convert from all their sins and that they may take on Jesus as the Lord of their lives so that they can know for themselves that you are God, that you are Lord, that you are real and that Lord God, that you can change everything. I give you thanks and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and his truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.